0: Welcome to this episode of Every Damn Day. This is going to be a really special one. We're going to talk about the Grammys and the Oscars. And if you're used to Kevin dominating the conversation and talking like 80% of the time, today he's going to talk like 99% of the time because I looked at the list from the Grammys and I looked at the list from the Oscars and I know like a couple of the nominees. So uh, Kevin, this is all about you. So let it rip. Uh, so those of you who watched the Grammys
1: as you probably, you probably felt as I did that it was the best bar mitzvah you ever witnessed. Um, they, they borrowed like the wedding tables that you used to see at the Venus de Milo and, um, (laughs) they, no, actually I've I think it was my favorite Grammys that I've ever watched. I really Really? do. yeah, Because I don't like an award show in a Coliseum. I think it, it swallows up everything. And I think it's like 90% of the time, it just feels like it's, it's, it's too big. Um, So I actually liked that they had all the performances on the different sound stages. I thought, I thought it forced people to kind of be more creative with their performances. And so, you know, I miss the days of the, the video music awards where like everybody, you know, Madonna was in the Vogue outfit and like, I miss all of that. And so this, I thought was closer to that than, um, than even what the vmas do uh lately um and you know so the awkward part was the presentation of the awards which literally looked like it was happening on like a veranda in the in the southern part of (laughs) france um and my favorite part as somebody pointed out on twitter was like all of those people are vaccinated like this is not kevin the conspiracy theorist like every single one of those people is vaccinated. there's not one of those people you think beyonce is not vaccinated get a grip um so all of them sitting there like in their masks as if they're at any risk of anything is so hysterical because every one of those people has been vaccinated by now um but they don't want us the public to know that they're already vaccinated so like they did this thing where like they wore masks and then they got on stage and then they took the masks off which if you were actually concerned about getting the virus you would never take the mask off so um that was really funny but um it was it was I thought way less awkward than the Golden Globes, so credit to them for that. In in a lot of ways, it was harder to pull off because you have so many live performances. I thought they did a great job with that. You and I both have talked about uh, Sonic, uh, Silk Sonic, Bruno Mars, and Anderson Park, yeah. uh, both their performance of their song and the Little Richard tribute, which for me was like the high point of the night.
0: Yeah. It's, um, it's- and Anderson when I, Park yeah. won as well. Uh, it was kind of a, it's like some kind of weird categories like best yeah. melodic rap. I love the song "Lockdown" by Anderson Park, so I was fine with that. And I love Anderson Park. Yeah, it was one of the very few things that I do. I do want to talk about. One of my favorite topics, which is uh, like fake outrage, and so and so many people that I know, and you know, these are like now like a lot of old white people like me. And they'll so they were, you know, post a picture of Cardi B like at a stripper pole. And then they would post a picture of Pepe LaPew and they'd be like, you know, one of these things was canceled and the other one wasn't. And what's wrong with America? And I'm like, well, you go fucking shit in your hat, you know, come on, give me a break. Yeah. It,
1: yeah. So here's the thing. All those people are fucking morons. And, and please mark down whatever the minute is that I said this in the podcast, because I want to reference it when I post for people. <laughs> um, WAP is a song for adults. Pepe Le Pew is a cartoon that 80 year olds like. So, um, the fact that Pepe Le Pew got kicked out of Space Jam shouldn't bother any of us because I don't even know who Space Jam is for. <laughs> Little children do not watch the Looney Tunes. Um, I'm assuming Space Jam is like, for me, people my age who like, you know, enjoyed the first Space Jam, even though by then Looney Tunes were like 100 years old. Um, I don't care if Pepe Le Pew is in Space Jam. Nobody cares if Pepe Le Pew is in Space Jam. Pepe Le Pew is a fucking rapey ass skunk. He should not be in anything. <laughs> the entire conceit, of that fucking character, you morons, is that he is a skunk trying to rape a cat. And you are, for some reason, dying to uncancel him. It's bizarre, you're, you're truly bizarre. WAP is a song about women and women empowerment, women's sexuality. I mean, there were people calling what they were doing porn. There were people, listen, just cause you've never had an orgasm with your little fucking mom jeans, doesn't mean that every other woman doesn't <laughs> want one. So. Just go to your husband and tell him he needs to do better at pleasuring you. That's what you need to do. You don't need to be on the computer complaining about, like, Megan The Stallion, who's a fucking gorgeous, incredible, powerful, uh, great artist, great performer, and Cardi B. You don't need to find a, Get a hobby. Truly get a hobby. Go tend to your hideous children that you keep posting photos of on <laughs> Facebook that nobody wants to see. Truly. Can I say, um, too, that nobody... half
0: of the people that complain... Have their kids enrolled in either like beauty pageants or children's oh, yeah. dance? Dance, children's classes, dance. Like a seven-year-old yeah. made up. Like, yeah, Jean your Benet kid looks like a fucking steroids. seven-year-old
1: hooker. So please, 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 save me the outrage, please. Yeah, that's you I, fucking I just, you. Love- you and your fucking closeted husbands who watch football every week, where it's basically forty rapists tackling each other in tight pants for three hours. Like, save me the outrage about WOP. Save it for me. This mean, is never, a, to, and, be, to
0: be fair, though, the, the rapists also kick the football and pass it. So, I mean, there's other um, stuff.
1: These are people. Hello. In 1984, Madonna got out on the first video music awards and basically in a wedding dress, humped the floor while singing about being a virgin. Why are you acting like this is new? None of this is new. I mean, like this is this has been going on forever. This is how you get ratings. This is how it's done. And, you know, if you look and it's a catchy song. And people are like, why do people? Because it's a catchy song. It's a, it's, it's a fun song. It's a lot of fun. As someone who went to P Town the weekend this song came out, that song elevated my experience quite a bit and i don't even have a wet ass <laughs> pussy so i can only imagine if i was a woman how much i would enjoy listening what is it to so song.
0: is there anything culturally that offends you or does it is it all just kind of fall into the category woody of allen like fake, we could talk about woody allen yeah, we've talked all about woody fake, allen before. all those
1: fake outrage people apparently they missed uh complaining about woody allen if they want if you have small children and you are very, very, you know, eager to yell about something, I will give you the gift of Woody Allen. You can yell about him all you want. Have fun. Have at it.
0: You know what's Um, weird? Like, I I recently, for the first time in the last six months, I watched the movie Gummo. I had never seen it before. And I don't know if you've ever seen it or not. um, But it was, you know, when it came out, it was vilified. And the next movie that he did called Kids got slammed even worse. And in the last you know i saw it maybe like 4 months ago and it's stuck with me more than any movie i've seen in the longest time cuz some of the imagery is just so disturbing um so yeah i just i don't getting upset about entertainment is just bizarre to me unless like with woody allen where there's something behind it that's that's uh criminal you know and unforgivable but just generally like uh you know violence or i, I don't know, I just it, it's your choice like do you want to watch it if not don't watch
1: it let me ask you this what children are watching the grammys at 10:30 on a sunday what 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 children none of them so we got Twitter, basically though, what, you know so basically what you're saying is like you a grown adult do not want to watch women in skim, skimpy clothing
0: Talking uh, about someone's pullout game.
1: Okay, cool. Change the channel.
0: <laughs> I Change want to talk the just channel. quickly if I can, because since this is just kind of a free for all right now, since I didn't, I don't know any of the artists. When you were, since you're markedly younger than me, so when you went through puberty, what was the way that porn was accessed? Was it you still had to go into a store and buy like a DVD, or like what? Uh, was the, what was the earliest memory? Well,
1: so I'm, oh, oh, I'm the age where. um, we had a o l so basically that was like so we had like the internet, um, but like you couldn't really get videos on the internet. it was all like still pictures um but so like I had to sort of make do with like scenes from movies that weren't <laughs> porn, and just sort of like but it was but, bizarre because when you're when you're like a young kid trying to like and you don't oh realize that you're, you're and you don't realize that like you're you're gay yet. Um, and you think you still like women, like I would, I would like watch like scenes from movies that were like, where there were straight people hooking up and I would be like telling myself, I'd be like. Wow, she's really hot. Oh God, get the camera off her. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah, she's so hot. She's so hot. Um, like it was just really, it's a, it's a really messed up uh, uh thing. But yeah, yeah. So because now,
0: now all the kids, I mean, everyone has the internet at their fingertips. Like if I was the, age, oh, I can't even. I was, I would never leave my house. I'd just be like sitting. Oh, inside. I would have been. It would have been. I mean,
1: I am assuming that we are on the verge of dealing with an entire generation that is that is addicted to pornography. If they, we aren't already, because. Um, it's so, pre- I mean, it, it's horrible because I'm, I'm a very sex positive person, but I also think that like, like anything else, you can, you, you can get addicted and it can become a problem. And so I do kind of worry because I'm like, God, it's so accessible. It's so accessible.
0: Um, I just remember being what, younger. I would go in a store and you had to buy a VHS, you had to rent a VHS table. How did want. you ever do it? How can you do it? No, I could never. So that's fine. But there was always, so you'd go in the store and there would always be, just for some reason, it would always be a woman working. And it would be a woman who was <laughs> super chipper and outgoing. So you'd be like across the uh, the um, the store kind of just like skimming through like, you know, and she's like, can I help you? And Can I help you find anything? And I'm like, just can you leave me alone? I don't like I'm like flipping through like fisting videos going, no, I'm good. Thank you. Like, I don't want to engage lady that works in a porn store. Leave me alone. So, yeah, I I, I don't
1: I can't believe that people your age um in the in the 1920s used oh, to yeah. actually go sit in movie theaters and watch like and i know that the point is like you'd be doing things under the trench coat but like oh my god the anxiety i would have there's no way i could have enjoyed myself i'll, I'll tell you there's something no way. i
0: recently watched taxi driver with my 17 year old and he, Thomas, that and, was a great choice. Yeah. Well, whatever. <laughs> and, and but that was the one part of the movie where he was kind of like, what is going on here? Because it was the part where they were uh, where he tries to take her to the movie theater or Travis is going on his own. And he's like, what what are they doing? So uh, and I'm like, I try to he's like, people used to go in and sit with other people. I'm like, yeah, he's like, what? Like he'd never heard of it. And he thought it was like just the biggest outrage imaginable. Your son is actually more conservative. He's like, this is an outrage. (laughs) Well, Um, you know, if you're not used to that, it's kind of a weird concept. So no,
1: no. So we have a quick little game that we're going to (laughs) play where it's very simple. I am going to give Brett the name of an artist who is either a a winner, a Grammy winner or Grammy nominee, or it will just be a completely made up name that is not a musician as far as we know. If it is, then I apologize. Um, And but Brett has to tell me, is it a fake musician or a real musician.
0: Okay, I'm ready. Um,
1: And as we've established, Brett knows literally nothing. So a lot of this is going to be okay. Um, First one. Is this real or is this fake? Snarky Puppy. (laughs) That's the name of the artist? It could be a real name of an artist or it could be a fake name of an artist. I'm going to
0: say that's a fake name.
1: No, not only is it a real name, they won Best Contemporary Instrumental Album live at the royal albert hall what? snarky puppy
0: oh yeah snarky yeah. puppy keeping it real i did not know did you know about snarky puppy i did not and i was terrified to find out
1: <laughs> um okay next one all
0: right big thief that's a real uh, that's a real ban
1: Yes, that is a real band. Best Rock Performance. See, I knew you would have known Best Rock Performance. See, I, I listen to, I really listen really to
0: really KUTX real. in Austin, uh, which is the like uh, public radio. Like It's the best radio station going, so I know. Yeah, I, I know, okay. I know Big Thief. All right. One for one. One and one. Well, one and one, yeah. One, and one. Um, Okay. Righteous Citizen. <laughs> no. I think that's like a movie with uh, Pacino and De Niro. That's, that's a fake one. Yeah, that's a fake one. Oh, see, I'm thinking um, Two and one. Yeah, I, I'm I'm
1: okay. Um, what's the next one? There? Oh, okay, okay, okay. Free Nationals. Free. Free Nationals. No, I'm gonna say no. Yeah, it's a real band. Fuzz. They were nominated for. They were nominated for best progressive R and B album. Yeah. Okay.
0: Uh. Little baby. Oh, and it's Lil right? L i l. Yes. Um. All. Uh, let me just, as a quick aside, my sons, you know, listen to nothing but hip hop, and it's all like little, Lil baby, duh, baby. Like it's all babies. It's all lil. I'm, I'm totally down with Lil baby. Yeah. That's, that's, that's a real artist. That's true. That's and I've true. listened okay. to him extensively. Oh. Well. All right. Little baby. Oh, hey there. Duh, baby. I mean, I, I. All
1: right. All right. This is the last. This is the last. we right. We're gonna do, and then we're, then we're moving on. So, so <laughs> here we go.
0: All right. Super position.
1: (laughs) That's not a band. That is a band, Brad. Come on. All right. Well, I went five hundred. That was Best New Age album. What the uh nominee. They didn't they didn't win, but they were they were a uh when I knew we were playing this game, I went right to New Age nominees because I was like, What what music does he absolutely not listen to? <laughs> so I went to I went to New so,
0: Age. So what did you think? So the Oscar nominations came out, and again, there's mm-hmm. I did see some of the movies. I didn't see all of them. Did you see most of them that that were nominated?
1: You, you know, on any given year. I would have been able to say that I've seen all of them. I would never have gotten to the Oscar nominations without having seen all of them. And there are actually some that I did not get to, which I, I I'm shocked, but you know, this has been a weird year. Um, uh, overall, um, definitely, uh, happier than I have been in the past and also Happier than the Golden Globes. I think the Oscars definitely knew that they had to distance themselves from the Golden Globes as much as possible. They kind of had the Golden Globes as a trial run to kind of that being said, they still messed up in some areas. Um, So uh, my takeaways are uh, uh, very quickly. So there's a couple really awesome stuff. Um, we have, we broke a lot of records, which, which is, which is, uh, it's sad that some of these records even had to be broken, but, um, but it's good that we broke them. So most women, uh, nominees in best director category, sadly, that number is two. <laughs> the, the, we, we broke the record by nominating one extra woman this year. Yikes. Um, uh, but Emerald Fennell, uh, from promising Young woman, my favorite movie from last year, and uh Chloe Zhao, who did Nomad, Nomadland, which would probably have been my second favorite movie. I really love that movie. I think she did an absolutely incredible job. So that's what um, I actually so, saw. Okay. I did
0: see Nomadland, so. Uh, but you right, just it's beautiful, stunning unbelievable. It was the um, only, as I started watching it, I started to realize that the people that were around Francis McDormand were like real people who were living that lifestyle. Because you yeah. can't fake that kind of weathered look. You no. know what I mean? Like you try to do it, and I mean, she kind of has it, but you know, the other people they were like too genuine, you could tell they were actually real people, yeah. But anyway, I thought that was a tremendous um, yeah. movie, yeah. that was great. Um,
1: we also first ever, uh, Asian American actor in a leading role for Steven Yoon for Minari, um, which is great. Minari was really not represented at all at the Golden Globes, uh, for the most part, not none of the actors anyway, so that was great. Um, I believe uh, we have three. Uh, black Actors in Best Supporting Actor, although this is where we start to hit some snags. So um, uh, Judas and the Black Messiah, a great movie. Uh, uh, two actors from that movie are nominated. Um, I always mispronounce his name, so I apologize. But Daniel Kalua, uh, uh, Kaluuya, I think, who's hosting SNL this week, He's uh, he won the Golden Globe, Best Supporting, great. I saw that movie and I thought, that Lakeith Stanfield, who is one of my favorite actors, gave such an incredible performance. And I could not believe nobody was, was nominating him for things, talking about it. He carries the movie. He is Judas. He's, he's the, the guy who betrays uh, the Black Panthers. Um, so when I woke up and I saw, oh, uh, he got nominated, I thought, oh, my God, that, that's amazing. And then I saw that he got nominated in Best Supporting. Now, there's been a lot of coverage, including from him, where he's even come out, and this is really unusual for an actor to do. He's even come out and said, I'm really confused as to how I wound up in this category because uh, he's in 90% of the movie. I mean, he's in almost every single scene of the movie. So what normally happens with the Oscars, and it happens in other awards shows as well, but really it happens with the Oscars, is that if there is a category where there is a perceived frontrunner, Um, Producers and people who nominate their actors for things will try to put those actors in other categories to help the chances of them winning. For example, uh, when Chicago, the movie, came out, there are two leads in Chicago, Catherine Zeta-Jones and Renee Zellweger. Well, they didn't want the two leads competing against each other, so they sold this idea that Catherine Zeta-Jones was a supporting actress. She's not. She then won the Oscar because obviously she had way more content to, to show off. She had more to do in that movie. Um, one of the things that's concerning about this to me is that uh, Lakeith Stanfield now has, to me, is giving uh, a really excellent performance. But he also just has more of a performance in that movie. And I think it was like a sure thing that, that Daniel was going to win. But now I'm worried they're going to split the vote. That's I I think that might be a problem. It's why you don't normally put two actors from the same movie in a category. Um, and the person I think could come out ahead if they split the vote is Leslie Odom Jr. from One Night in Miami. Leslie Odom Jr. was very good in One Night in Miami. Uh I think all three of the other actors were better than him, but he's the most notable actor in the movie. Was he so hooker? He played Sam Cook, okay. yeah. And I think Kingsley Benadere, who played Malcolm X, was actually the best of the four of them. Um, but I don't think he has a high enough profile, and I think that's why. But it's still kind of crazy. Leslie Odom Jr. is a Broadway guy; he's a Tony winner, and he hasn't. He's only sort of slowly been breaking into movies and TV. And like for him to now have an Oscar nomination is incredible. Um, I always love when theater people get Oscar nominations. Um, going back to the director category, it is. To me, insane that uh, Regina King wasn't nominated. I really thought she would be mm. for best director. Then we then we would have had three best uh, three women uh, nominees in best director, and I believe she would have been the first African American uh, woman nominated. Uh, was the movie the best movie ever? No, um, but it was a very well directed movie. Could have been a lot worse if it didn't have a good director. Um, and the Oscars really like her. She's an Oscar winner for, for Best Supporting Actress. So, like, I'm kind of surprised they didn't nominate her. She's kind of beloved in Hollywood. Um, I think she'll end up having a career where she wins one of these anyway. And sometimes getting snubbed is the best thing for you because then you're on people's minds. But I'm kind of sad she didn't get it uh, this time around. Uh, it's very possible that Glenn Close is going to win Best Supporting Actress. Uh, and it is the first time in history that somebody has ever been nominated for a Razzie and an Oscar for the exact same performance oh that has, n- that has never happened before. Um, at the golden globes, she lost the award to Jodie Foster for the Mauritanian. I was convinced Jodie Foster was going to be nominated again because she's another person that the Oscars love. She has two Oscars for best lead actress. She's kind of, that's kind of an elite club that Francis McDormand is also in. Um, but they didn't even nominate Jodie Foster, probably because nobody has seen that movie. I, I I have not seen that movie yet. It probably is a great movie, but it's I think it's pretty low profile. So it's looking like Glenn Close is going to win this Oscar. I think there's a chance she won't because it's such a god-awful movie and there's so much attention being paid to how bad of the movie this is. Although we've talked in the past about how act, it would not be uncommon for an actor to win an Oscar after being nominated a bunch of times for a movie that's not even that good, that, that happens a lot. And people, you know, Glenn Close has become the Susan Lucci's of the Oscars. This is her eighth nomination with no wins. Oh, really? Yeah. She's been nominated eight times. She's lost to Meryl Streep twice, which is why people think she probably hates Meryl Streep. Um, She's just, she's lost. I, I don't know who has lost more times than Glenn Close. I know for a while, Randy Newman, Randy Newman had like 12 or 13 nominations before he finally won an Oscar. But like in terms of actors, uh, I think Amy Adams has like four or five nominations with no wins, but Glenn has eight over a really long career. And there've been a couple times where she, like they thought she was going to be the front runner for The Wife and then she lost to Olivia Colman. Um, they thought she was, and and she's one of those people where it's like, you kind of can't imagine her having that many more chances. Not because like, She's old enough to not have any more of a career, but, you know, it's it's hard for women her age to get these really good roles that, that could wind up getting you an Oscar. So, you know, they might just say to hell with it. Just give her the give her the Oscar just for posterity's sake. But um, I don't know who else would get it if not if not her. I suspect that the grandmother from Minari, who's a famous South Korean actress, Um, she might sneak ahead and get it. That would, that sometimes people like doing that. They like kind of just, you know, so we'll
0: see. Yeah. I think, Um, I I think the Oscars also like, um, someone who's an attractive person who's uglied up for their role. Yeah. uh, And
1: don't be wrong. Don't get me wrong. Like she was the best person in that movie.
0: It was just. A horrendous movie. yeah like what you like know when she Charlie was thrown played like a serial killer you know like the, they yeah. that they love that because it was this beautiful yeah. woman like under makeup and ugly up you know also there was yeah. the the guy yeah. from uh um sound of metal who was the first muslim to be to get a best oscar, Riz best Ahmed. oscar. yeah
1: um i'm so happy for him i'm also happy uh, th- that movie got a supporting actor nomination which is great um because i thought and i forget that gentleman's name but he was, oh, he was the guy in that, that was movie, so the sober house. The running the house. He was yeah, incredible. Was really he was just yep. incredible. Um, and I just think it's exciting that we're seeing, you know, the problem with the Oscars in years past is that all the, all the best people in Hollywood get all the best opportunities. And so lately these awards seem to just reward the same people over and over. So to see, and I think this is part of the pandemic. I think because of the pandemic, you saw a lot more low profile movies like sound of metal, get a lot more attention, uh, get a lot more focus and so you see people from those movies who normally would not get that much attention you know it's cr- it's i mean that guy in that movie turned in an incredible performance but i do not think in a normal year he would have gotten an oscar nomination cuz he's just nobody knows who he is yeah, you right. know um so i mean i just think seeing somebody like him get an oscar no- i mean i can't even imagine cuz when you riz ahmed and you're, you know, when you're Riz Ahmed, when you're Francis McDormand, when you're Glenn Close, you know, you get an Oscar nomination. It's, I'm sure it's cool, but it's not unthinkable. Whereas like that guy in that movie, I mean, they filmed that in Massachusetts. He probably got paid five thousand bucks, you know, so like that. It's, and now he gets to go to the Oscars. It's incredible. Um, For best uh lead actor, it's going to be Chadwick Boseman. Um, I think the reason Lakeith Stanfield was put in supporting is because everybody has kind of arrived at the decision that. Uh, Chadwick Boseman is going to take the Oscar uh, for Ma Rainey um, I'm totally fine with that I think Riz Ahmed gave a better performance in Sound of Metal I think what he did in Sound of Metal to me is uh, astounding I'm a huge fan of his I'm also going to say something that I don't know why this would get me in trouble but I feel like it'll get me in trouble I don't see the point of giving awards to dead people I I just I, I, I get that ultimately you're honoring the performance but like it's such a big thing to win an oscar it's such an incredible uh moment it's such a you know it's something that people remember like to me if it to me it's like give people their flowers while they're alive you know like if you if you think someone is incredible make sure you give them an award and show them that before they die because it's weird to me that we would be like you know i guess it's great that for all of time we will now get to say like academy award winner chadwick boseman when we reference him but um, and to be clear, if I didn't think that the that who would win if not for Chadwick Boseman was Riz Ahmed, I might feel differently, but I would much rather give it to Riz Ahmed. And he's also the first Muslim actor to be nominated for best lead. Uh, so you would still be making history. It would still be a big thing, but okay, whatever. Um, and uh, yeah, so that's supporting, that's the thing, supporting lead actor. Lead actress, I would love to see Kerry Mulligan get it. She's not gonna get it. Um, it might be Andra Day who took the Golden Globe. I would love that. Um, if it's Andra Day, it, you know, it is still unfortunately not very common for a, a black actress to take a best lead actress. Now, the ironic thing is Viola Davis won her. So Viola Davis is currently the most nominated black actress in history with four nominations and uh, one win. Um, she had the best response to that I think I've ever heard, which is she's like, if I'm the most nominated then that means you aren't giving enough other actresses opportunities. Um, she's, you know, she's like, if they keep coming to me, then that means that, like, th- you're not spreading the opportunities out enough. Perfect response. That's why she's a queen. Um, the funny thing is, she has her Oscar for Fences, supporting category, because that year, there was somebody that was a shoe in for Best Lead Actress. Her role in Fences was a lead role, so she took the Oscar for supporting, it was really a lead role. This year, she's in Ma Rainey in a supporting role, and they put her in best lead actress, I'm assuming because Viola Davis does not want to win two supporting actress awards. Um, Ironically, I think if they put her in supporting, she probably would take the award away from Glenn Close, but they put her in lead where I'm pretty sure she's not gonna win. I think it's gonna be Andra Day. It might be Frances McDormand. I hope it's not Frances McDormand only because that woman does not need three Oscars. She's great. She's great in Nomadland. She's giving a performance that uh, my friend Jen pointed out. Like, I don't think I've ever seen an actress do what she does in that movie. I mean, the the degree of difficulty when you're the one or, or, you know, well, David Strathern's also great in it but when you're the one actor, as you said, surrounded by real people Uh, who are just being themselves and you have to kind of give a performance among those people I think that's so difficult but I think Frances McDormand has two Oscars one of them she got rather recently I don't think she gives a fuck about awards I don't think she gives a fuck about Oscars so to me it's like I would rather you give it to someone who will you know get more out of getting it Um, so I'd love to see Andre Day get it Andre Day gave a beautiful performance as Billie Holiday the really cool thing about all this, all of these movies, is that most of these you can stream from your home. So, and, and in some cases, depending on the service that you have, like if you have Hulu, you can watch Andre Day and Billie Holiday. Um, you can watch Nomadland. Um, you were able to watch Judas and the Black Messiah on HBO Max, you, you can't watch it on there anymore. I don't know if you have to pay uh, on demand or whatever, but you can watch Minari on demand. You can watch the Mauritanians. You can watch all this stuff on demand. What I think is really interesting is that this is not the race we would have gotten otherwise. There are a ton of movies that they decided to shelve and hold off on until next year. We were supposed to get an Aretha Franklin biopic uh, with Jennifer Hudson, which was supposed to be a real big push for Jennifer Hudson for best lead actress. They decided not to put that out. They they campaigned and they gave it a ton of attention and then they decided to not go forward with it um, and hold off on it uh so i think this is going to be a really interesting year um i feel bad i've said this i know i shouldn't feel bad for millionaires but i felt bad at the emmys i felt bad at the golden globes you know the oscars to me if if i were to win an oscar i want the full fucking experience (laughs) I do not, like, and this would be my luck. Like, I would be the guy who would win an Oscar on Zoom. That would be me. Like, the one year that I would win an Oscar would be the year that, like, it's happening from my living room. Like, that would be, because because as cool, because as cool as it is to win an Oscar and, like, at that, obviously what that means is, like, you've made it, right? Like, you've made it. You did it. You're You're gonna be a millionaire. They're gonna offer you a Marvel movie. It's gonna be amazing. But, like, that moment is such a special, special moment the idea that you would have it happen in front of four people wearing masks at socially distanced tables is so depressing to me. I really wish they would just hold off because we're so, we're so close to the light at the end of the tunnel um, that I really wish they would. And like I said, all those people are vaccinated anyway. They're all vaccinated. I, to this day, nobody can explain to me how we were able to have a full Super Bowl, full Super Bowl. Full, like no, no contingent, like, n- like, and I get, oh, they were essential workers, and it's fine because there, man, there wasn't that many people, and they were this and they were that. No bullshit. Why can't we have a normal Oscars? Why, why, why? Can't I, have, we a do I, I have a suggestion. I don't, I don't know why. So, if
0: you are nominated for an Oscar, and even if it's in non-COVID mm-hmm. times, I think that you should yes. assemble your crew, friends, family, everyone else, at, at the Warwick Mall in the little uh, food area here we go with and the work here we go just to stay true to yourself
1: that's my suggestion um even can you imagine the one person like it's not COVID <laughs> anymore
0: but i'm pretending it is anyway <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, and you yeah, would yeah, get yeah, yeah. like if you hi win, i'm kevin if i'm live if, you win, if you win your speech would just be the warwick mall theme song it's something it is something um, to think about no, I'm just throwing it out there i'll be like i'd like to
1: thank brett davey who promised he would make love to me later tonight <laughs> um he said he said, You'll never win an Oscar, you big loser. If you do, then have at me. Uh, so, if Brett, you win I'll if you win an the, Oscar,
0: believe me, I, I'm I'm like seven millionth on the list, but whatever whatever if you meet, win it, it's all meet you meet me. If I win, you're meeting
1: me at the Crown Plaza. <laughs> I want you to book the bed that has that's in the shape of a heart. <laughs> I'll bring my I'll bring my V C R uh you know, we'll kick it old school. <laughs> I feel like if that happened at that point, your lovely girlfriend is just going to be like, you know what, Kevin, just have fun, just have fun. It's fine. Good goodbye, condios, my friend. Like, just you know, I'll be like Christine. It'll be like indecent proposal. I'll be like Christine, name your price. Just you, you tell me how much this is worth to you. How much is a night
0: with Brett worth to you? Uh, Handing it over to me. She'd be like "Eh, seventeen fifty. That's that's about right. right. I think this is probably a good time to wrap it up.
1: (laughs) Thank you all so much. For joining us as we walk you through uh, the Oscars the Grammys and uh, next week we'll be talking about the Kentucky Derby of 1983 where Brett will tell you the story about how he woke up hungover in a stable next to little bluebell the the winning horse um, make sure you uh, like and subscribe share the link tell all your friends and we'll see you next time on every